Welcome to the Daily Progressaholic Podcast, where we provide you with advice on how to progress through your self-development journey and fall in love with the process of improving yourself spiritually, mentally, and physically. So welcome to the Daily Progressaholic Podcast. And today we have with us Carl Vey. Carl Vey is a fulfillment coach known as the Inspiration Engineer. He is someone that gives entrepreneurs a boost in energy, confidence, and the courage to take massive action towards their purpose using the power strategy, music, and edutainment. He's also given recently a TEDx talk called The Rise of the Inspiration Engineers. He's also been featured in the Huffington Post as a strategist to watch, is published in a Thrive Global, Influensive, and Referral Rock, has spoken at University of Delaware, Cal State University, has spoken for YMCA, Toastmasters, and many more. Guys, when I tell you this, he is one of the guys that definitely like, brings your energy up like never before. So it is my genuine pleasure to have him on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I'm excited to uh, connect and um, yeah, hopefully deliver a lot of value as a goal. So uh, thankful to be here. Definitely, man. I'm 100% sure there's going to be a lot of value in this. But I just let's just start off a little bit more about your background, sort of where you're from, leading up to sort of where you are right now. Yeah, so I'm from Indiana, a uh, little small town, uh, close to most people think Indianapolis when they think Indiana. So yeah. that's fine if if that works for you guys. Uh, I was raised by uh, a father and mother who uh, my dad was like a like I really learned work ethic from him. Like there was yeah. a time when he was working like three jobs at a time, like bus driver, factory worker. And wow. I forget what the third job he was doing, but just hustling, just grinding, yeah. uh, doing what he needed to do to provide for the family. And yeah. so, you know, having that, um, you know, background um, kind of taught me what it means to, to be a hard worker and to give it everything you got. Yeah. But my dad, uh, when I was really young, like elementary school, he would give, I always talk about these, these hero speeches. Yeah. Uh, because he's like, you know, son, you can do whatever you want to do. You can be what you want to be. Like anything you set your mind on, like you can accomplish. Yeah. And I believe that in my heart. And so I started mentoring uh, as a mentee uh, yeah. with uh, my first uh, mentor, which was a family member of mine, who's one of those guys we hear about who writes a, a famous song and the celebrity basically takes that song and you never hear about the original creator. And so, you know, we go to visit this, this cousin, like out of the blue kind of, yeah. and um, I'm in his, his studio, right? Yeah. And so I had already been writing poetry and doing all this at age five. And so now I'm like in the studio and I'm hitting pads, I'm hitting buttons, I'm, I'm making sounds basically. Yeah. And I'm putting poetry to it. And I was like, man, like, I love this. Like, just this process is amazing. And so I go to my dad, we're out playing basketball. And I was like, dad, dad, like I figured out what I'm going to do with my life. And I'm like six, seventh grade. My dad's like, what son? Like, what are you going to be? And I was like, I'm going to be a musician. And my dad's like, no, <laughs> like, yeah, do that. And so my dad gave me what I call is basically the gift of ferocity. Cause my dad became public enemy. Number one, it was like, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to prove you wrong. So transitioning into high school, which that happened right as that transition was happening, um, you know, traditional kid that was known by a lot of people at the school, uh, had a lot of friends, played basketball, wasn't a jock type of guy, but, you know, was known as an athlete and all these things. So I, I just had the love of. I want to share this gift with the world. Yeah. And so I started sharing it with the kids. This is pre MySpace. This is pre social media. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I shared at this campfire and 
the song basically goes viral for what virality is in my little town. And yeah. so everybody falls in love with this single called Bob Your Head. And it's like, yeah, it was like the very first song I had as this uh, brand called Artistic. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, we sold out uh, 1,209 tickets when I was 18 years old. Mm. So I was basically like locally famous as like an 18 year old kid. Uh, which, you know, went to my head, went to ego and all these things. Uh, the school made 10 grand. I didn't make any money because I did it for a project, yeah. uh, for my, my government project, right? Yeah. So uh, 50 Cent came out that year. So that might tell my age, just some of those, like, you know, 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying came out my senior year, right? Yeah. So um, a lot of the the rappers in this era, uh, you know, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, 50 Cent, like all these guys, they're selling drugs and then funneling drug money to you know venture capital their career yeah. and i didn't want to do that i was like you know I, I just didn't sit right with me to each his own and so sophomore year of college i decided i'm going to do another concert at college and it's going to be bigger and better than the previous one so if we yeah. sold out 1209 tickets now i move into an auditorium of 3300 there's a, I was the only student had that had ever done that at that time without like a fraternity or an organization like backing him. Yeah. And, you know, when you go to log into the, to the portal, like my face and the concert and all the pre PR, I was like on the site, like it was kind of crazy. Right. Wow. So every student um, in order to sign in needed, they saw my face. So everybody on campus knew that this concert was going down. Uh, the capacity now is 3,300. And so Devesh, I'm going to ask you if we just sold out 1209, how many tickets would you guess that we sold out of 3,300? Uh, I would guess at least double, like 2,400 minimum. Man, if only, if only. <laughs> we, sold, um, we sold 333 tickets. Oh. Right? Yeah. Oh. Now, here's what's interesting and uh, kind of funny about the story. I live in Austin, Texas now. So 333 out of 3,300 is okay. super low, right? Yeah, yeah. But in Austin, if that same capacity was sold here, that would sell out all of downtown venues almost. I mean, yeah. about 85% of all those clubs, there would be a line out the door. Yeah. So I was very, um, like I told you, I had a big ego back then. So I was really uh, non-appreciative of that. I was defeated after that and pretty much dropped out of college. So now I'm going to just kind of uh, condense a lot of the story. This is 2002, 2003. Yeah. So from... 2003 to 2010, I worked for a lot of companies mastering like sales psychology, like success. Yeah. What do top performers do? Yeah. Google, University of Phoenix, Dish Network, all these large companies sitting with the best of the best, learning how they did their role. Yeah. And I started to pick apart the principles of that success. Okay. So 2011, I helped a lady get her associate's degree while working at University of Phoenix, which okay. next to that that concert I did as a senior, that was the biggest thing that I have ever accomplished. Like to be with somebody, help them overcome all these challenges, and then be with her. Her name was Melissa Briscoe. Uh, to get this major achievement was like, like her success was my success. Yeah. And that, I think, was when I fell in love with coaching. And then now fast forward to what I do now. Read a, uh, started getting into entrepreneurship books like uh, Waking the Giant Within, Tony Robbins, and yeah. started learning entrepreneurship around 2014, 2015. While, uh, mind you, while I was doing all these corporate gigs, I was still doing events on the side and running an events company, right? Yeah. So when I started learning about how entrepreneurs build businesses, yeah. the tracks are the same. Like the parallels are the same, but the ecosystem, the economy is totally different. So yeah. I'll give you an example. 
if you have a SaaS product or you have a, you know, whatever your, your, your service is, when it comes time to get PR, entrepreneurs are on podcasts, musicians are on radio, but it's technically the same. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, Same, same principle of success. So when I started to see this, I had this idea and it said, um, when Michael Jackson was alive, the idea was what if Michael Jackson took all his content, put it on his own app and was teaching like business and success and like dancing and all these things. This is prior to my master class and all these guys. Yeah. When I had that thought, it was like my mind erupted. <laughs> oh my God. Like that is like such an amazing business. I was like, that's what I'm going to build. And so that's yeah. how inspiration engineer came to be. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, and I mean, that's something that's super different. Um, not a lot of people sort of have gone down that path. So like, I like to ask like, what does um, inspiration engineering mean to you? Cause where did that even, that idea sort of spring from? Cause I mean, that word itself, that phrase itself, it's, it's, it's pretty powerful. So like how did that idea even come up and sort of, what does that even mean to you? So there, there's a saying by a lot of the greats, you know, your Jim Rohn's, your Zig Ziglar's, um, you'll, you'll find that philosophy passes down the same yeah. principles, right? Uh, a quote I want to give our audience today to write down something that I took away that I love. It's uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Okay. And he says, as to methods, there may be a million in something. He says, but the man, and I'm going to add a woman, the man that can successfully grasp the principle yeah. may successfully select his own methods. When I heard that quote, I said, ooh, that's a, that's exactly, that's a power bomb quote, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to live by that. What I found was from the greats, they always say the more skills you have, the more valuable you are to the marketplace, yeah. which is true. How, however, the more skills you have, the more confused the marketplace mm-hmm. is by what you do if you have a lot of skills that don't overlap or all yes. f- funnel together. So when I say that, like if you're a marketer, right, doing copywriting, doing funnels, uh, doing ads, those yeah. all funnel underneath marketing. Yeah. But if you're a marketer and you have law in your background or real estate and you have all these different things that don't yeah. all go together, yeah. then the, the marketplace is confused. It's not like you speak multiple languages, right? You say, I speak French, Italian, Spanish, English. <laughs> Nobody goes, well, Devesh, which one do you speak? Yeah. Right? Nobody says that. You just say I'm multilingual. With skills, they do. Yeah. They're like, okay, so which one are you? Yeah. So what I found was when I was out at Chamber of Commerce, I would have a different message. When I was around musicians, I would have a different message. When I was around entrepreneurs, I just felt inauthentic and like I was lying. And I was like, I am going to create my own title. I was like, because I don't fit in a box and I'm not going to put myself in this box or let anybody else put me in a box. So I came up with 10 different titles. Uh, Inspiration Engineer was one of the titles. And then my community voted on which one they liked the best. And so they chose Inspiration Engineer and then the Inspiration Engineer was born. So to me, the Inspiration Engineer, being that I have a coaching background, um, being that uh, just my energy, like when me and you first interacted, what you, yeah. what you were saying about how the energy affected your energy, yeah. like, you know, I come from that and being an audio engineer, that's where the engineer part came from because I mix music, I yeah. do the mixing side. So I was like, all right, I'm going to put that inspiration and the engineering together. And that was kind of how that, how that came out. No, that, that's amazing, man. Thank you so much for sharing that, by the way. Yeah. Um, and sort of, I want to segue a little bit from that into um, sort of your personal journey with music. And um, I know, so you spoke about how you sold those 1209 tickets. Then you sold those um, 333, 333? Correct. Yes, 333 yes. tickets. And sort of, 
like what does what does music mean to you if i had to ask you in a broader context oh that's such a hard question yeah um for me specifically music for a long time had been therapy okay right i would i would write as a songwriter writing lyrics all the frustrations that I would have, very Eminem-esque, right? Like yeah. problems I have with my parents, whatever. I get to vent like yeah. all this frustration into the music. Yeah. Um, it was a way of an outlet to, to create. It yeah. was an outlet to uh, build community because yeah. now that I have this song, it's like, I want to share this. And then the face you're giving me right now as you're smiling and, and listening yeah. to the story, like performing gives you that, that like we're connected. Um, so music for me personally served all those different, um, it, it served a lot of those different reasons to do it. Yeah. Uh, now music serves me as a consumer where, um, you know, I do meditations now. I do to control peak state. I listen to certain playlists, right? There, there's a lot of speakers that have speeches on beats now. So, yeah. you know, music play, and movies, uh, music plays more of some of, sometimes a, a secondary or background role. Yeah. Um, but its meaning to me is in, I mean, it's priceless. It's a priceless uh, commodity that, that I just, I love it to life. And yeah. So what do you sort of see like yourself um, in the future? Are you going to like continue producing more and more sort of uh music related to motivation inspiration or yeah so we have a brand in stealth right now um so i won't go too much into that but i'll just say we have a song out right now called give it time okay so give it time uh the concept is it's around patience yeah Uh, it's around you know the journey and it's uh it's a very everybody that has heard it a gentleman named jake uh he goes by jake Kres, but he's like a double xl billboard writer he says it sounds like the new flow rider so if you like Uh flow rider or that kind of sound uh very poppy but very lyrically grounded uh it's got that kind of flavor in it um and so i i see definitely creating music that aligns to entrepreneur entrepreneurial thinking yeah i think now you know, I love Eminem, right? Love yeah. him. But with where I'm at in my, my journey now, Eminem doesn't really talk about the type of subject matter that I want to listen to now. I want to listen to somebody. And Jay-Z is probably maybe the closest that takes yeah. like, you know, he talks business, but he still puts a little swagger on it and, yeah. you know, teaching. But I think to take that and take it to the next level to where now we can, you know, talk about pitch decks in rap, like in yeah. lyrics or talk about, you know, angel funding or venture capital or, you know, just the, the types of subjects that entrepreneurs can relate to and yeah. putting that on, on dope beats lyrically. I think yeah. that's the direction. I, I don't want to force you, but I love it if you give us a couple of sentences from your song. Yeah, absolutely. So no force. I, I, I enjoy it. So um, give it time. A lot of people like the uh, the, the fastest part, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the hook, I'll give you all the hook a little bit. So I've got a girl in there singing and she goes, uh, give it just a little bit of time. Everything gonna be all right. Right. And so she's singing that. And I said, uh, you say you want me to get it, but nothing's guaranteed. I got my peers to give me cheers and steer me to succeed. With a little bit of grief and a lot of bit of pain, with a little sunshine, let a cover up the rain. I'm a man on a mission with a bitch to stay. Nobody in here gonna slow me down. Cause I'm a ball of momentum that was driven just to get him. I'ma hit him independent with the glory in a minute. Cause my story is a finish, replace, just never skip it. Five more to finish till we finish till we finish. Ow! Oh. So it's got this like, you know. So so when we when we thank you, thank you. When we when we dissect the lyrics in, in just that segment, it's all about resilience and perseverance and yeah. kind of going against the grain. And that 
going back to your question, is what motivation music will be. Yeah. And that's something that like, I mean, that literally can speak to any entrepreneur out there, man. Like that, that literally is like, it's like soul music to an entrepreneur sort of, you know? Yes, absolutely. So music for the grinder, music for the hustler, music for the entrepreneur, and specifically like albums dedicated. And I'll say one more thing. When, when you get an album, this isn't really a new concept, yeah. right? If you think about it, you have uh, Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. Uh, you've got, um, uh, the, what's the, since I was talking about Eminem, what's the record? Um, uh, Eight Mile, you better lose yourself in the music. I mean, we've got that, right? But you don't have a whole album of that. You don't have a whole soundtrack of just music that's just catered to those types of messages. Yeah. And but that's the kind Tupac? of music. Is Tupac sort of? Like, uh, I mean, he, he had more, I would say Tupac was more, and Biggie for that matter, was more about like life. Yeah. So like street life. And, and that's, I'm, glad you, mm, I'm glad you said that. So life for a kid who grew up in the ghetto, yeah. rap was perfect for Hip hop was perfect. Civil rights, right? Uh, Coming up in the streets, coming up as a drug dealer. People related rap to that. Okay, cool. Well, it it went mainstream. And so now you've got like, you know, all these, and I'll just, just for lack of uh, time's sake, just a stereotype, we've got like Caucasian kids, people across the world, all these different people that don't come from that life listening to these messages like straight out of Compton. Well, so now I want music for the business thinker yeah. For the person that 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 uh, is educated, but yeah. still has the same elements of those sounds and those things that we love, if that makes sense. Exactly, exactly. That's yeah. beautiful. And also, like sort sort of like linking the entrepreneurial part. So, when you're when you're an entrepreneur, um, you know, trying to build a business, I think one big part of it is leadership, and that's something that I personally feel a lot of people maybe get wrong. So sort of, let's start off with just saying like, what do you think is your definition of leadership for you at least? Mm, I think leaders first and foremost must be the, 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 they, whatever they're inspiring from the team yeah. or from the person, the leader must be, right? People aren't listening to your words. They're watching what you do. So first off, are you doing what you desire? Right. That's number one. Number two, I think the ability to communicate and a a leader has to be very, very effective of communicating. Right. You can't be a great leader, in my opinion, without the ability to communicate. The third, I think uh, a certain amount of vulnerability comes into play. uh, Transparency where you've got to be open and honest and real. Yeah. If we're talking about uh, management and whether that's corporate America or just, you know, corporation type management, yeah. I think that a leadership, uh, leadership quality that's missing that I've only seen in a few companies yeah. is where the, the late, the leader cares so much about his or her team, they will take a pay cut, right? They will take a loss to make sure that the team wins yeah. that you don't find that very often. And that's where I think that separates from a leader and an extraordinary leader. Yeah. People get that sense when, you know, it's like Devesh got my back no matter what. Yeah. And I, I can trust in him to do what's best in my best interest, yeah. even if it, even if it harms or hurts his best interest. And I think that's what great leaders, leaders can do. Um, and lastly, I'd say, uh, which is how I've built, it's taken me a while to find my own leadership style, but a leadership loves, right? Yeah. The greatest leader can love in a way that's not, you know, when you say that, most people be like, love, like love doesn't really fit in, you know, corporations. It's like, why doesn't it? We should love what we do. We should love 
what we bring to the marketplace. We should love on our customers. We should hold people accountable and accountability is a sign of love. If I can tell you what's real and what's blunt, even if it's going to hurt your feelings, that's love, that's respect. Mm-hmm. And so I think those things uh, make an extraordinary leader. Yeah. Uh, I just want to like unpack that a little bit because that was really, really impactful. So let's look at the community. So you said so there was communicative um, vulnerability, transparency, um, sort of having your back, Mm-hmm. Uh, love, which also relates to accountability. These are some mm-hmm. of the things that we spoke about. So let's look at communicating. Um, sort of how I think that's one big part that a lot of people um, sort of face an issue with. Sort of how do you sort of improve your communication skills, um, or at least be able to communicate better with your team and sort of in different different aspects because communication links to like not even, not only leadership but just general life as a whole. You know. Yeah, I think that uh, communication effective orders need to continuously practice it, right? And there's different ways that uh, have worked in, in my experience to be an effective communicator that I would share, you know, with the world. Um, in, in, I think Toastmasters now is global organization. Yeah. So that would be one way, right? Just to continuously build on your speaking, uh, always master, mastery of public speaking is a skill that um, sets you apart from most, right? 75% of people are scared to get in front of a room yeah. and talk. Yeah. So you're automatically going to be 25% ahead of the market with just that alone. Uh, certain games, um, there's one, there, there's two that um, I know of, I can't think of the one's name, but they're the same type of game. Uh, the game is called Taboo. So I don't know if you've ever played that, right? There's a word that you're trying to get people to say, yeah. and there's like four or five words that you can't say, yeah. uh, which gets you to be you know, creative and witty and be able to communicate yeah. uh, when you can't say these words that are so similar so that everybody knows what we're talking about. Let's say the word is milk. Well, I can't say cow. I can't say white. I can't say dairy. I can't say cereal. I can't say bowl. <laughs> Those might be the five common words to get you to say milk. So being able to think outside the box and um, have these types of, uh, of team builder games uh, amongst an organization can really improve not only camaraderie and team bonding, but it can effectively c- enhance the way we communicate because you've got to think outside the box. Um, the, the last thing that I'll say on, on um, effective leadership skill building, what a lot of people are afraid to do because they're afraid of the perspective of how they'll look yeah. is being transparent, being real. We live in a society where men and women wear these masks and they wear these masks in a lot of different facets of life. And we can go deeper if we need to, yeah. but they wear these masks. And so you get so used to not being authentic and being real and saying what's really on your heart or on your spirit or on your consciousness, that that becomes a part of who we are in, in corporate America or in, in our work life, yeah. which there is no such thing. It's just life. Like you're not a, you don't have a personal life and a work life. Like you're one person. So by being who you are at all times, which is what I advocate, you don't have to turn it on and turn it off. You're yeah. either a person that's transparent or you're not. You're either a person that's, that can be blunt and bold or you're not. And if you're not, start being that so that you can, uh, I guess, uh, your output will be the, the signs of, of extraordinary leadership. Because that's really what a leader can do is put him or herself out on a line when everybody else says you're wrong or everybody else says, you know, this is crazy. That's what leaders do. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And it was one, but by the way, when you brought up Taboo, that, that reminds me of my childhood. Played it a lot when I was young. So all these memories just came rushing back. Uh, so thanks a lot for that. Yeah. Uh, it's a great and, game, right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I wanted to sort of touch on the vulnerability piece that you spoke about. 
Um, could you give me a personal example? Um, because I know like if you could give some sort of personal example where you sort of use that in your own life, I think it would be like super, super impactful. Yeah, absolutely. So as a leader who I, I have been diagnosed um, publicly, I've talked about this publicly with mania. I gave my TEDx speech while suffering from severe mania. All right. So once you suffer from depression, um, some say it doesn't leave you. I believe it can, especially if you're like, I believe in God and things like that. So I believe in spiritual yeah. healings and things of that nature. Um, but when suffering from depression, and this is just an example in my own life, I had to come to terms with my own team members because I wasn't executing the way I know I need to be and the way that they need me to be. Yeah. So I don't shy away from those conversations. Whereas most people would not want to talk about it because of how you're to look. Well, you're yeah. the leader, Kave. You're yeah. not to be depressed. You need to show up every day. It's yeah. one, you know, if you're listening to the Eric Thomases and all this, it's one twenty all day. Yeah. Uh, if you're living by this imperf this this perfection standard, then that means a you're not going to make mistakes. B you know th there's not going to be any errors. C you're going to be 100% all the time. And I don't believe anybody other than Jesus is 100% all the time. So yeah. I don't live in this imperfect world. So using that as an example, I had to you know, sit my team down, like, hey, like, that was on me. Like, this is what I'm suffering from. This is real. Like, and let's have a conversation about it. And it is very awkward. It is very uncomfortable. Yeah. But if you don't have those kinds of conversations, people are either, A, putting their own assumptions around what's going on, or B, they think it's okay. And like, okay, well, you know, Kaveh is not 100%, so I don't got to be 100%. And it's like, well, we need to have these kind of conversations. So ultimately, the, the things that cause you uncomfort is causing everybody else uncomfort and yeah. you need to go ahead and put it on the table and no pink elephants in the room. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and there was, so like you also spoke about um, the transparency part and I like, I liked one part about this, you said about the wearing masks. And I remember one of your articles on, the, uh, on Medium um, that I had the pleasure of reading and it was like, you said to create, like it was called create your own lane. Yes. And um, you, there was, was one part of it that I've, I thought it was super impactful, but I just sort of wanted to ask you just generally, like, how do you sort of find the courage to be different and sort of go against what society says? And that links back to the transparency thing because it's hard. Like, I'm not going to lie as for me personally, um, been struggling with it in the past. A lot of other people have been struggling it because our audience is pretty young. A lot of them are between the ages of 20 to 30. Um, and a lot of them do struggle with sort of find the courage to be different. So sort of what would you, be your advice um, in that situation? Yeah, so a couple things. First off, we need to align or come together and understand that nobody else on this planet has your DNA, yeah. <laughs> right? You're the only one with your DNA. Yeah. And you were chosen one out of 10 million sperms. So being yeah. that nobody else has your own DNA, live in that. Now, in my music life and in my business life, I don't look to the greats as they're great and i need to do what they did okay okay i look to the greats like oh they're great i'm going to try what they've done and see how that fits with me okay. right so maybe i might take the rawness and realness of gary v like the, the he's very raw and edgy yeah. right drop a few f-bombs and see how that feels to me maybe yeah. maybe i'll take the the hype and the energy of Eric Thomas and you know, thank God it's Friday, right? And I'll take some energy and see, okay, does that align for me? So number one, you've got to, and I did the same thing with, with uh, music, right? I was listening to Nelly and 
uh, said Eminem, R. Kelly, all these people, and I was taking elements of their style to figure out what is my voice, what is my style, okay? So number one, understand that they're just human, and even though you admire them, or uh, some people idolize, uh, unfortunately, but you admire them, uh, try things that they're doing. Don't think that that is the way, because it's not the way, it's one way, okay? Yeah. Number two, you've got to have, because being that you were talking about the, the, the age of the audience, your age is not relevant. Your wisdom and experience is. I want to say that again. Your age is not relevant, yeah. but your wisdom and experience is. So yeah. if you don't have enough experience, like they talk about 10,000 hours, yeah. your, your opinion may not be founded upon 10,000 hours worth of, of experience. So you need to first off understand where are you at in this conversation, whatever the conversation is, where is your level of experience amongst the conversation? Because that could be behind or if you've got more years, maybe forward of what people are saying. Yeah. But understand that nobody's opinion should, should uh, it, it may have an impression upon how you think. Um, and I think in your earlier years and the, the rookie ages or rookie stages, yeah. you, you don't have enough, enough experience. So you need to gain a, enough experience to be able to contribute. Um, and so I think in the earlier years, yes, but there comes a time when, and that's why I want to make sure there's, that's, that's clear. There comes a time when you have studied so much material yeah. that you, you either align with it or you don't. Yeah. And it's at that point when it's, it's a much, uh, I don't want to say easier route, but it is, it makes more sense because you have enough material to say, I can, I can, it's kind of like doing a works cited page for a paper in, in, in school, right? Yeah. Like you have so much research and things that you're, you're building your argument on. This is how I arrived at this conclusion. Well, the same thing when it comes to standing out as a leader or, or standing out as being different, you need to have so much layers of, okay, well, I've studied this, 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 and this, and these things, um, you know, work for me. This didn't work for me. So now you can take all that together and come to the marketplace and say, this is me. But yeah. it's a lot harder to do that if you don't have that experience or you don't have that wisdom. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to say, cause I know the audience is probably like, well, I didn't fully get that. Can you give me an example? I'm gonna, I want to give an example with my leadership style. I didn't have those experiences in corporate America managing teams. Yeah. So a lot of the people that I've hired and released has been through trial and error. Yeah. Fairly recently, this ain't that long, long ago, I had this thought and it said, if you work for Kevin Hart and you're Kevin Hart's right hand man, yeah. he's flipping Kevin Hart. He's still going to be funny, right? I mean, you can't imagine him in the workplace not being funny. He's yeah, naturally course. funny, but he's going to be about that work. He's going to be about his business. And so that's what I mean is like, he's going to have a different leadership style than Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is going to be different than Gary Vee and so on and so forth. So you have to find you within all these different personas and personalities. And uh, from Michael Jackson, I took away, I was watching uh, one of the behind the scenes of Michael Jackson. And so when Michael Jackson would scold his dancers, when they would mess up, he would say, with love, Devesh, with love, uh, you didn't do those steps right. I mean, but it was hilarious. Like he would, I mean, he would go at you, but it was always with love. And so, you know, I, I started taking that. So that's what I mean. You've got to be able to, to, uh, you know, whether that's through reading, whether that's through listening to audio tapes, whether that's from different mentors, you know, watching it live and trying new things. You've got to try different tastes of different people until you find what is you and then bring you to the marketplace. Yeah. And do you think that, that trying the different tastes of different people, that never ends, no matter how old, no matter what age you are, to their deathbed? I, I think that if you, 
decide for it to end, then it will end. But I, I believe that you have two types of people. You have a growth minded person, you have, uh, you know, somebody that's going backwards. Yeah. And so if you're a growth minded person, yeah, you should always, uh, based on that uh, goal or outcome, we should always be looking at ways that we can improve. I like what Les Brown says, we can always better our best. Yeah. So even when something's working, it can still be refined and be better. So we're always in that continuous state of, of improving ourselves, improving our technologies, things of that nature to constantly be in, in refinement of that. And if you're an athlete, refining your shot, refining your yeah. pass, I mean, whatever it is that you do, yeah. refining that. Yeah. And it was another part of about, like you said, that about picking the, picking the, trying different things from the greats and then implementing that. Would, would you think that sort of um, aligns with the fact that you need to be able to define what success means to you? Because at times what happens is we might um, use other people's definition of success. So the, the not common definition of success is money, uh, monetary um, gain, or fame in some aspect. So would you say that it's really, really important to be clear on what success means to you? I think you need to be clear on what success means to you. As far as sampling style to find your own, I don't know if someone's success or lack thereof could be something that you can take or measure or um, you know utilize. Basically, what I mean by that is, like when I look at my father, I mentioned my father in the beginning of this. Yeah. Uh, my father is, in certain elements, successful in fatherhood, but I learned what not to do from my dad because of the way that his lack of coaching or lack of mentorship or lack of guidance, you know, from, from if you, my dad's dad wasn't a great father. So by comparison, my dad was a phenomenal dad compared to what he had. Yeah. Right. But I learned what not to do. My dad doesn't have fame. My dad doesn't have, you know, huge like monetary success. So I think if we're only looking at uh, the, the people that we, we admire um, that have had extraordinary lives of, of what we deem as success, then I think that we are doing ourselves a disservice. Yeah. I think that we can learn from life experience in all aspects of it and to almost be like a sponge, you know, yeah. absorbing and, and, and taking away like, hmm, this like on this, on this interview now, I can look at how you do interviewing and podcasting and, you know, different things and say like, yeah. do I like this? Does this work for me? And I think we can yeah. always do that with, with everything. Yeah, no, definitely. That's amazing. Um, and that again links back to either your growth mindset or somebody that's going backwards, basically. Correct. Yeah. And so I want to segue from this into another blog post that I read of yours that was super, super interesting. It was called The Keys Leverage. And um, I really want to bring this up because I thought it could bring some in, in, insane value. Um, but you speak about the idea about how people like to speak about themselves more than anything. So if you're able to use that to your advantage, you can really benefit from it. So sort of, I thought it was like super interesting. So we'd love if you could sort of maybe elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah. Um, everybody, that, well, let's back up a little bit. First yeah. off, there's this bad connotation about sales, okay. right? When people talk about sales, the, the, the connotation is automatically normally like sales. I don't want to do that, right? Every single person, first and foremost, is a salesman or saleswoman, right? We're either trying to sell our kids on ideas uh, we try to sell our girlfriend or our boyfriend on ideas, even if it's a, something as simple as what restaurant to eat at, right? Yeah. So everybody's a salesman. Let's get that out in the in the open, number one. All right, now that we got that, um, I don't know specifically the article you're talking to talking about, but what I think that you're referencing when when I talk about leverage, leverage is 
everything when it comes to building a personal brand, when it comes to getting credibility, when it comes to being a valued member, you could say in society or in the community in which you're in, you need leverage. And one of the principles that I teach is what I call testimonial stacking. So at all times, and I actually did this with you, Devesh, (laughs) I did it with you, right? Devesh, uh, on our first call, you made a, um, a comment about how the energy affected you. And I was like, Hey, would you mind writing that as an actual, as an actual quote that, that I can utilize, right? If somebody who boosts confidence and energy, that'll be a great quote to have. Yeah. So you're always in this state, not from a place of ego, not from a place of, of being better than in a place of look, think of it like a resume. Cause that's really what a resume is. It wants, we want to know, you know, your experiences. We want to know where you volunteer. We want to know where your skills are. So you want a track record, or, or like the story of Hansel and, bread, uh, Hansel and Gretel with the breadcrumbs, right? You want a trail of breadcrumbs that build up the story as to that philosophy, that skill, yeah. that X, fill in the blank, that you have, which we call testimonials. So when I say that, um, that thought goes hand in hand with the quote that we've all heard, your network is your net worth, yeah. which is true. Yeah. So if your network is your net worth, and you are constantly getting uh, testimonial stacks, right? And your testimonial stacking, you're always leveraging what others have said yeah. about you to serve for this new opportunity. It's yeah. how we got Huffington Post, that credential. It's how we got TEDx. It's how we do everything because we build um, brand recognition and awareness that way. And I just want to say one more thing so that everybody is on the same page. That happens at the individual level. So one-to-one that it happens at the corporate level, right? If I go work with Nike, I can say Nike work with me. Or like I told you at the beginning, I work with Google University of Phoenix. So it instantly gives credibility. So it can happen at the corporate level and it can also happen um, in the achievement level. What have you accomplished? And some, like you said, people look at money to do that or awards, but you always want to have these types of things under your brand because when you're sharing it with others, other people see that as valuable, which is how you leverage it. Yeah, no, I thought that was that was super interesting. Um, and one thing that you said, so sort of, I think one thing that a lot of people struggle with, um, what you spoke about, is sort of going in for the ask. Um, like, what would be your advice for someone? Because I think I struggle with it personally. It's like, how do you sort of go in for the ask? You know, like I'm perfectly fine with asking someone to come on the podcast, but if I got to ask for something more like a testimonial or ask for maybe a return on me coming on their podcast, like how do you sort of like remove the shame sort of that you feel from sort of going in for the ask? The, the best way that I can say, and it's not the only way, but coming from a life in sales, when yeah. you're doing sales as a profession, you're playing the numbers game. Yeah. When you're playing the numbers game, best believe 88 to 92% of the people you're talking to is rejection. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you got to practice being rejected. I think that sometimes, you know, we don't want our feelings to get hurt. We don't want to be embarrassed or humiliated. We don't want to look weird and all these different things that we don't want to look goes back to your question about leadership, right? What is true leadership? Being able to stand out, say, this is me, reject me, love me, hate me. This is me. Right. And so by practicing that, um, and that's really what we're talking about, really a fear of the unknown. And we're talking about a fear of rejection. So if you're practicing the unknown and you're practicing rejection, it gets easier over time. And eventually you're just like, I mean, you're, you're, you're practicing 
your your muscles are so strong of rejection. You're like, well, I don't care if this person wants to come on my podcast or not, or I don't care if I don't get this opportunity because the next opportunity will be for me. Yeah. So that's how you build up that rejection muscle. That's yeah. what I would tell people is whatever makes you uncomfortable, go do that because yeah. the more practice of that, the better you'll be. Yeah, that uh, a personal example. I worked like last summer with a food photographer, um, and basically we did menu photography. I had to go and approach restaurants. I got rejected by over 400 restaurants within the span of a month. And it was the most painful, but the most like high learning growth stages of like my life. Because it Fact. was like, like getting rejected by over 400 people. That's like around on average 15 rejections a day. So yeah, it was, it was brutal, but it was a great learning experience. Can you imagine Benjamin Franklin on that 999th light bulb? <sighs> I mean, you got to be tired. You're like, bruh, like, I don't want to do one more flipping light bulb. Like, if this ain't it, like, I mean, you know, that, that comes to that, um, that relentlessness, that perseverance. And you've got to have that. I think that we get that by, you know, experiencing what I call lessons, which is what the world calls failure. Yeah. But we have to experience those rejections in order to get tough, get that tough skin to yeah. be able to execute. But I think that that's, that principle right there is in all of it. And so if you're not willing to get rejected, if you have a fear of being told no, um, then you'll never, you'll, let's not say you'll never, that might be a little bit dramatic, but you're, you're not, you're doing yourself a disservice by not experiencing that because getting to everything that you want is on the other side of that, of that lesson. So go get those notes. Yeah, Hmm. definitely, man. Um, And sort of to segue off that, this is a question that I love asking all our guests. What is your definition of a good life? Or a fulfilled life? I think a fulfilled life is one at peace. So first off, that's going to be spiritually aligned. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I believe that that comes from a spiritual nature only, which is why we hear stories of people that have all this money and they're not fulfilled, right? There's a spiritual component. Um, Usually when I I get asked uh, about success, this is just my own personal uh, assessment of what success is. I think that number one is you find your passion because I get that question a lot. How do you find it, right? So you find your passion. That's number one. Uh, try a lot of things until you find it. That's yeah. the only way you can find it. Yeah. Once you've found it, figure out a way that you can monetize it. Yeah. There's got to be a way. So how do you monetize it? Or at least, like, if we take sports, for example, let's say you're not the most athletic or something like that, but maybe you become a broadcaster or something like touching the passion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So number one, find your passion. Number two, monetize it. Yeah. Number three, there's going to be a community of some sort. So how can now you give back to that community? How can you share in wisdom or in money? Because that's the other way that we can give philanthropy. How can you give back to the community? And I think that if we're doing those three things and we, we've improved others' li- others' lives when we leave here, nobody's going to talk about how much money when you transition. Yeah. They're going to talk about the experiences that you made on their lives when you left here. So those would be the things that I would say are, are fulfilled a successful life. That's amazing. I love that three steps, uh, but would love if you could maybe give like an example. So, so let's just take the example of podcasting. You figure out that podcasting is your passion. So sort of mm-hmm. if you could just like break it down with those three steps, like with yeah. example of podcasting. Yeah. So uh, with podcasting specifically, you want to master podcasting. So the first thing you master is the art of speaking and the art of being witty, right? Yeah. So now you 
take taboo and you take uh, some other little game gamification yeah. and you start teaching people maybe younger than you or maybe less experienced than you are and you start teaching them uh, how to you know public speak or speak off the top of the brain which in rap we call freestyle so how to freestyle you know, inflow. That yeah. might be the first thing you teach. How to monetize it. So monetizing a podcast can be different. Um, you know, one ways of uh, one way of monetizing is to get like, you know, you build up your views, you build up your community, and now you can offer ads on the platform, right? Yeah. You can offer affiliate through different products and services. Yeah. Where now you uh, can offer um, services that you believe in to your community, yeah. right? Um, a lot of people use their podcasts as a leverage tool. Going back to that, they leverage their podcast for speaking opportunities, how to speak from stage, which yeah. now ties in our public speaking and, and uh, the podcasting together, right? Yeah. Some people do live, uh, live podcasts, which, um, you know, you go out into a public venue, which is um, in the music world, we have like DJs that go out to malls yeah. and, you know, they scratch. Well, you go out and take a live, you, you make an event out of your podcast and you do it live in public for people and now you charge ticket pricing. I mean, there's so many creative ways exactly. to, to make money. Um, but then now we need step three, right? So we talked about one, the skills that you're going to master and I'm going to add to that too. So we talked about public speaking, um, mastery of audio engineering. Somebody's got to do the audio engineering and the editing and the cutting and all that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's got to know the equipment, you know, what kind of mics are best, what kind of lighting is best for video, what kind of cameras, right? So there's three different skills right there that you can master to teach other people. Uh, so now moving back to number three, <clears throat> now we want to deliver and share it with the world. So we're putting out all this free information, which yeah. maybe you use that as a PDF. To I'm giving you guys the whole strategy right now. You use <laughs> opt-in, right? You use a yeah. PDF opt-in to get people to opt-in, and maybe you you charge a higher amount for deeper insights and deeper yeah. knowledge. But there you go. So now you're building this community of podcasters, you're podcasting yourself, you're teaching the skills you're learning, and then you're giving back to the community as a whole. And that's yeah. really what it, what, yeah. what that would look like. Yeah, no, that's amazing, man. Um, thank that's you so much. Like, for I'm going to take that and I'm about to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, man. I'll, I'll thank you in five years. Don't worry. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, that was amazing. Uh, this, the time flew by and I know we were sort of on a time crunch, so I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, genuinely, like it was, it was, you've provided like incredible value. Um, and I'm sure our listeners are going to love it as well. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, may I do a selfish plug? Can I do a selfish plug? I was literally just going to say it. Tell us where our listeners can reach you. Yes, absolutely. So Kaveh.com, uh, and you know, just as far as like everybody always asks me, like, where are you most active? Which yeah. changes? Uh, but C-A-U-V as in victory, E-E.com, C-A-U-V-E-E.com. I'm everywhere. Uh, literally, I try to be on everything. I'm just not as active on TikTok and Snapchat. So if you yeah. guys are TikTokers and Snapchatters, uh, you can still hit me up. I'm just not as active. <clears throat> um, and then like definitely reach out. Uh, that single that I was, was rapping earlier is out in 300 stores worldwide. So you can go get it. Just type in call bay, give it time. Uh, definitely leave a review. Let us know what you think about the record and uh, yeah, link up with me, you know, hit me up for sure. For sure. That's awesome, man. Uh, so I'm just going to put those links, uh, down in the description guys. Uh, but please reach out to, please reach out to him. Hallway. Thank you so much for everything. You're amazing. Just want to end off with that. Hey, I appreciate it. Devesh. You guys have a great day. I look forward to seeing you on the other side.
boost. Thank you so much. If you liked any part of that, please, please, please leave us a review. It will mean the world to us. And please let us know your thoughts, how you think we can improve and continue providing more and more value to our community because we are here to serve you and make sure that you have the best time possible and really kill it in your self-development journey. Thank you very much.